Good morning. Um, most of you know me. Actually, I think everybody. I'm uh, the youth pastor here at uh, Edgewater, and um, I love it. I've loved it for 20-something years, and I'm fortunate and blessed to be able to work alongside Ezra, my husband, and also our sister-in-law, Cindy. She's the youth director at her church, and our church, our church youth groups merge together as one, and um, it's awesome. I love it. And while Pastor Steve's away, I get to speak this week. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to share with you guys this morning what God's laid on my heart. Um, Have you guys ever heard the saying, sticks and stones? How does it go? There's more to it. Yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. (laughs) Right, yep. You know where I'm going with that, right? Um, When I was in seventh grade, I was given an assignment by my teacher um, to ask a few significant people in my life what character traits I had or um, like kind of what qualities I had that stood out. And one of the people when I asked said, I don't think of you as having character traits. I won't really consider you a person until you're an adult. This was someone significant to me. Clearly it stuck. It did not bounce off of me like rubber. And it was not a stick or a stone, but it was a word that did, in fact, hurt me. Um, And over all these years, it it hasn't really gone away. Obviously, I'm sharing it with you this morning. Um, So I was a tree-climbing, wall-jumping, skinned knees, bruised shins kind of girl. Um, Every stitch I've ever had, every bruise I've ever had, um, any achy muscle or messed-up tendon um, has healed over time. Maybe not as perfectly as I would love, but... Nonetheless, those things um, have healed. And sometimes, though, how we're treated, the words that people use, um, or even sometimes it can be silence, uh, that can leave a deeper wound than any of those bumps or bruises or you know, damaged ligaments. Um, words can be powerful. Words can carry a lot of power. And those words telling me that I was characterless and that I lacked any sort of defining traits or personality purely because of my age... Um, A middle schooler, you guys, I don't think I need to tell you this, and it's not my 20 years in youth ministry that can tell you this. Most of us know because we've been a middle schooler at one point or know a middle schooler. A middle schooler does not need any help having an identity crisis. That is not something they need help with. And um, that was a a tough moment for me. Um, I want to share with you guys uh, an Old Testament prophecy. And it was in Isaiah 9-6. It says... For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was written about 700 years before this person was born. Who's the person? Do you know? Who is Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor? Who is this about? Jesus. This is a prophecy written 700 years before the birth of Jesus, and it is about Jesus. I used to love looking up the meanings of names. Actually, I shouldn't say I used to. I still do. I love looking up meanings of names. Um, And I had a clear picture in my head when I was younger uh, of who I wanted to be, kind of what character traits I wanted to live out. Um, And... Karen, as you might know, is a super popular name these days. Maybe I should say infamous. Um, who knew that when my, I'm sure that when my mom was picking a name for me, she wasn't thinking, oh, you know, in about 40 years, this name 
is going to be representative of bossy, entitled, ignorant, and demanding people. But nonetheless, we have all those memes. Um, and uh, despite what the memes tell us, the name Karen, which is a derivative of Catherine, it means pure. And I have not always made choices in my life that are reflective of that meaning. But it has always been something that's been important to me, being pure. I want my heart to be pure, and I want my heart to be a reflection of who God is, God Almighty. And I want to live out the life that he's called me to live. Jesus is pure, and I want to reflect him. Throughout the Bible, there's a lot of times where God has... uh, given people a new name where he's changed the name of of his followers or he's even told parents what to name their children god promised abram and sarai children he told them that they would be that basically abram would be the father of many nations and they became really old in age and that just wasn't happening they hadn't have any kids and sarai decided to give her servant girl um or servant woman not sure of the ages probably pretty young um hagar um, she gave her to her husband to lay with, and Hagar became pregnant. And when you meddle with God's plans, things don't generally work out so well. And Sarai became jealous, frustrated. She started being mean to Hagar when Hagar became pregnant. And so Hagar left. And when Hagar was out and alone and in despair, an angel came to her in Genesis 16:11. It says, you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your misery. And the Hebrew name for Ishmael means God listens. So God was giving that peace to to Hagar, saying, I've heard you. And he told her to go back. So she did. Uh, Later on, God changes Abram's name to Abraham. Abraham, or Abram, his original name means exalted father. Abraham means father of many nations, or father of a multitude. And then um, Sarai's name, when I was researching the names of them, it was kind of harder to track down Sarai's name. But Sarai means princess. And when he changed her name to Sarah, it means my princess. So her role as the mother of many nations alongside Abraham is credited to God. She is God's princess. Her father is the king of all kings. Sarah became pregnant in her old age, as God promised. In Genesis 17, 19, it says, Your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. The name Isaac means, I will rejoice. And if you've seen little Isaac running around this morning, does this boy, is he filled with joy? He has got so much joy, and it's so fun to see. I know it's probably exhausting for his parents, but (laughs) as an outsider looking in, it just fills my spirit with joy watching him filled with so much joy. Um, Isaac makes me rejoice. Uh, We see another example in 1 Chronicles 22.9, where we learn how Solomon got his name. Solomon was uh, one of the, well, he was the wisest man that ever lived. Um, And his name means peace. And it says, but you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon, and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. There are so many examples throughout the Bible of names and meanings and God changing names or calling somebody by a different name. Um, But let's look at the name above all names, Jesus. Luke 1, 30 through 33 tells us, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Interestingly, there's a lot of people who argue over the name of Jesus. Um, Actually, there's like so much depth to that that we could unpack on so many levels. But strictly just the name, there's argument even over that. Uh, There was no letter J in Greek or Hebrew. In Hebrew, his name was Yeshua. And in Greek, the transliteration is Jesus. So Joshua and Jesus are both English pronunciations of the same name. And that name means the Lord is salvation. Changing the language of a word doesn't change the meaning. The Lord is our salvation no matter what language you speak. But Jesus isn't the only name that we call our Lord. What are some of the other names we have for him? You guys called out several things that we might call God. What are some names we call? The bright morning star. The bright morning star. Superhero. Superhero. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. First and the last. First and the last. Alpha and Omega. <laughs> the Lion of Judah. The, say that again. Yeah. We don't hear that one too often. Amy, Pastor Amy? I was just thinking, I need to look that up. We'll have to look that up. I was, I was doing some deep dives into name research. That one I didn't, I didn't dive too deep in. Any others you want to shout out? Name of names? I would love it. Yeah, please do. Prince of Peace. All right, so all of these names that we have for Jesus, they actually teach us something more about who he is. When you're calling on the name of Jesus, when you pray for a sick or sick loved one, you might address him as the great healer. When you call on the name of Jesus in the midst of deep grief, you may cry out to the comforter or the prince of peace. He's our wonderful counselor and friend when we need direction. He's our lamb of God who gave himself for our wrongdoings. He's alpha and omega. He's the beginning, the end. He is teacher. No matter what name of Jesus you call on, they are all true all the time. You have a name. Hopefully it's not been made into a meme. (laughs) You also have titles. You may be aunt, uncle, friend, cousin, son, daughter, mom, dad, teacher, mechanic, student, doctor, nurse, librarian, musician, artist. All of us have titles, roles that we play in our lives. And um, some, some of you may have many of those titles, many of those roles. Take a second to think about this. Don't say anything out loud. Just think on this for a minute. If you were called out by your character, what would you be called? And does that match the character God wants for you? I'm going to say it again. If you were called out by your character, what would you be called? And does that match the character that God wants for you? The Holy Spirit does not have age boundaries. Each human being in this room, no matter how young and no matter how old, is a vessel by which God can and will do big things if we don't get in his way, sometimes even if we do get in his way. My name means pure, and it meant that from birth. It meant that even when my seventh grade self was told that I meant nothing. It meant that when I wasn't living it out, and it still means that now. Every day... I want to be better at reflecting the purity of God and the purity of his heart and the purity of his love. 
So if you don't mind sharing some of the things that came to mind, the character traits that you feel most that God is calling you to reflect in your life, if you don't mind shouting out some of those character traits like we did for Jesus, he's healer, he's comforter, what do you feel called to reflect? Well, I know my name means protector. Protector. I'm not the only one, huh? <laughs> you know what, Ray? That actually reminds me when Josiah was um, baptized uh, many years ago, maybe about five years ago, six years ago, when Josiah was baptized and he got dunked and then he came out, he was cold, and Ray came over with his jacket and wrapped it around him. You were protector in that moment. You saw that he was cold. You saw a need. You wrapped your jacket around him. That stuck with me. And I remember our pastor at the time, Pastor John Woolner, called you Uncle Ray. And, you know, hopefully we all have a, maybe an aunt or an uncle that, that serves that role for us, right? That they'll wrap their jacket around us when we're cold. Um, so, Protector Ray. Anybody else? Do you know the meaning of your name? Or what character trait do you want to reflect? Do you feel like God is calling you to reflect? Blessed by God. Blessed by God? You want to show that to the world? My name means beloved. Beloved. You know, Satan is such a dirty jerk, you know, that he's going to attack you where God is going to use you most. You are beloved. I think uh, most of us can agree with that. Amy is beloved. Anybody else? What do you want your life to reflect? What qualities should you be reflecting? Resurrection. A change, something new, a new wave. Oh, it is not. Did you hear it? She said, being reborn is not always comfortable. It is not. Change can, can be very difficult. Anybody else have character traits they want to reflect that they want to share? What's that? Helper. 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 Something very valued by most. <laughs> so who, who does God say you are and what can you do to reflect better who Jesus is through the roles, the gifts, the heart, and the mind that he's given you? All of us are unique. And we're not all meant to be cookie-cutter reflections of just one aspect of who God is. You know, God has many roles in our lives. And he fulfills every part of our needs. And he may be healer, he may be comforter, alpha, omega, beginning, end. We all need all of that. And he's calling each of us to represent those character traits. Now, as uh, weaker humans, we can't reflect all of those things all the time like God our Father can. But whatever those qualities are, those, those things that he's given to you as strengths, we've got to work together to create that bigger picture of who God is and be welcoming and warm and show who Jesus is to the world because he kind of has a bad name in the world sometimes now. And sadly, it's not non-Christians that are giving him a bad rap. It's people saying and calling out to the name of Jesus and misrepresenting who he is that's kind of pushing people away from the church and from the love of God. And we want to reverse some of that damage. We want to show who Jesus truly is by our character traits and by what name we can be called on. Would somebody call you friend or would they call you traitor? Would somebody call you 
um, a safe space or are you somebody that's dangerous to be around? What character traits do we need to work on and um, better reflect who Jesus is so that we can bring glory to him and him alone and expand his kingdom? Because he has a deep, deep desire for all of his children to come to him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for every person here. Thank you for the gifts that you've given, for the love that you continuously give, Lord Jesus. Thank you for all the names that you give us to call on, for the way that you love us so completely and so wholly. And I just pray, Lord, that you would examine our hearts right now. Lord, that you would reveal to us any ways that aren't reflecting you, God, and bless us with your eyes to see the ways that you are calling us and where you want us to go. Lord, lead our footsteps in your direction and let us be a reflection of your kindness, of your love, of your healing, your peace. God, let us be a soft spot for people to land. Lord, and let us be able to teach with kindness and respect. Let us be able to be firm, but have it balanced with gentleness. God, let us be who you want us to be, because what you want, God, is perfect. And when we lean on you while we can't be perfect, Lord, we know that your heart and your desire, it's always what's right. Give us strength to follow you, to walk with you, and to let you lead. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace, Almighty Redeemer, Amen.